0: Hello and welcome. It's another preseason review episode of Harvey's Huddle. I'm your host, Jackson Harvey. Good to be with you again. If you haven't already, go check out my AFC North review. We got a lot to talk about it. We got a lot of football to talk about. It's getting close, closer and closer to our regular season. If you haven't already, go check me out on social media. We're on Instagram at Harvey's Huddle. We're on Twitter at Harvey's underscore Huddle, and we are on Facebook as well. You yeah, haven't we guessed it. Page name is Harvey's Huddle. Go check it out. I love interacting with you guys. Love your comments. Love your messages. Um, so yeah, go check those out and interact with a bunch of football fans. That's all we're here for, right? We're all here to talk about the NFL and to try to figure out what's going to happen in the 2022 NFL season. Um, I made some predictions in the AFC North. If you haven't listened to that one already, I'll give you a quick rundown. Um, I'm going through each division with each team inside of each division and trying to figure out where they're going to stand in the NFL this season. Um, Instead of wins and losses only, I'm also kind of giving a middle ground sort of category for each game um, that I feel like... Could go either way. Um, There's somewhere I definitively like, yeah, the uh, the Seahawks are gonna lose to the Detroit Lions. Sure, I'm gonna call that a win for Detroit, definitively. But for teams like Chicago with Chicago and Detroit, I don't know. It could go either way. They're they're both kind of yeah, good on good on different sides of the ball. Could It could really go either way. So then with that, I create a spread of um, their worst-case scenario versus their best-case scenario, just kind of depending on how many of those middle ground decisions I've made. And, yeah, then we're taking the average and we're putting them into the standings. And after that, we're going to – after I go through all of the divisions, we're going to go through the AFC playoff field that I've created, the NFC playoff field, and – ultimately the Super Bowl prediction for my 2022 season. Let's dive right in. We're in the NFC North division today, uh, and we're going to start from the last place team last year to the first place team. Uh, So let's start off with the Detroit Lions. They finished last year 3-13 and finished last in the NFC North. This team could be a dark horse. I... Listen, they have a lot of the pieces that they need. They have a lot of um, good quality wideouts. They have a decent defense. Um, Aiden Hutchinson is going to be huge on that uh, defensive side of the ball. But I, I don't know. I still don't know about them. And it all stems from my distrust in Jared Goff, to be completely honest. Uh, but in a weak NFC field, and let's just be honest, it is a very weak NFC field. You got the Rams, you got the Buccaneers, you got maybe the Packers um who we'll talk about later, but uh, there's about three or maybe four or five teams that are absolutely gonna make the playoffs um, and even then like if you're counting the Dallas Cowboys in that regard like, who knows what they're going to do this year. So, uh, it's it's a pretty weak field in terms of like wildcard spots. He could go to really anyone. And I just don't think the Detroit Lions are going to be able to do it. They could if Jared Goff just pulls something out of his hat. Uh, he really could. But on offense, he's got the weapons around him. That's the terrible part. He's got DeAndre Swift. He's got Jamal Williams. Um, he's got... St. Brown who was a big Emergent star last year They went out in the offseason They got DJ Chark from the Jacksonville Jaguars Who Really had a lot of great flashes Not a lot of great quarterback play in Jacksonville Of course Um, But Chark still had a lot of really good flashes When he wasn't injured Uh, And They picked up Jamison Williams In the draft And they still have TJ Hawkinson at tight end So And you got a solid offensive line. You went out, you got Sewell last year. Um, Things look pretty decent for the Detroit Lions, but that Jared Goff question mark that I have is huge and looming, honestly. Um, If I'm being honest, looking at the situation, I would not be surprised if in October the Lions make a move and try to get a... Garoppolo, sort of quarterback, um, try to find other options that they could they could utilize. At this point, it it could be their best option. It's not going to be a super huge improvement on Jared Goff, in my opinion, but it's someone who has consistently made a Super Bowl or made playoff runs. He he's made a. Quite a few playoff runs, when he's healthy especially. And last year he made it to the NFC Championship when he wasn't healthy. But you're going into a situation on offense, much like San Francisco's, where they have a lot of weapons around him. Um, I'd even argue that the Detroit Lions have more weapons around their quarterback than the San Francisco 49ers at this point. So, going in for Garoppolo could be a good decision for the short-term. It's not a long-term fix. It's more a short-term band-aid. On defense, you drafted defense. You drafted Aiden Hutchinson. He was the best player in the 22 draft. Um, Josh Pascal would be a viable option. And I like Jeff Akuda. The rest of the defense kind of seems okay to me. Um, I I have faith in Campbell. I, I think they're going to be able to come out and have a competitive defense um potentially but we'll see. They didn't have a great defensive year last year so could be much of the same. In terms of a record, they have they have a decent schedule. I mean, my issue is they play Minnesota twice and they play Green Bay twice. So those four losses right off the bat um you really think they're going to be Denver, Dallas, Miami, Buffalo um Or even, like, the Jets or Carolina? I don't think so. Not even Philadelphia. I think they're going to get a win against Seattle. I think lots of people are going to get wins against Seattle this year. And my kind of throw-up games are Washington could go either way. Uh, Chicago it could go either way for both of their games as well. So I have them pegged at, like, 1-16. in Worst-case scenario, you get a win against Seattle. Or best case scenario, you win all those toss-up games and you uh, sit at five and twelve. <laughs> that's about that's about it. But as far as that goes, I mean, it's going to be another rough season. I, you know, you're rebuilding Detroit fans, so I don't need to. I don't need to say anything more about that. I don't think. Uh, let's go on to the Chicago Bears. Very interesting team for me. How much are they going to improve overall? Of course, you went out and got Eberflus. So you got went out and uh, cleaned house with your GM as well. But what's going to happen? What what is this going to look like? What is this Justin Fields run offense going to look like? You let go your number one wide receiver option in Allen Robinson. Uh, you haven't truly replaced him, in my opinion, unless you think. Pringle and Byron Pringle and Nikhil Harry are gonna come combinedly. Is that a word? Um, That they're gonna come in and combined they'll pick up the slack of Robinson, I I don't think so. I don't think that's possible Uh, I, I don't see much improvement on that offensive side of the ball, and I don't love any of their position groups I really don't. I don't think they have a great option on, at running back. I don't think they have a fantastic offensive line. Justin Fields is really the only skilled position that I see uh, being quality. I don't think their defensive unit is great as well. Their only positive 2021 stat was number four in sacks. And they had 49 sacks. But you lost Khalil Mack. You lost one of the better defensive players on your side of the ball. So, is that going to stay the same? I I mean, I don't see any really huge replacements for the Bears. And I don't see any really huge enhancements either. I really don't. Really don't. I think Justin Fields is going to play just fine. Um, Sure, Byron Pringle and Nikhil Harry, they might have decent seasons. But I don't see them being a super competitive team in one of the more tougher divisions in the NFC, uh, in terms of, you know, I think the top two are definitely going to be Green Bay and Minnesota. If you're going to compare Chicago, which you need to, against Green Bay and Minnesota, one of those teams is going to take up a wild card spot. One of them will. And that that's one of the only divisions, other than maybe the NFC West right now, that you can say, yeah, our second place team is going to take up a wild card spot, we guarantee it. And I don't think Chicago has what it takes to take up the third wild card spot or even the second wild card spot. They don't have a great schedule either. Like I said with Detroit, they have to play Minnesota and Green Bay twice. So, in my opinion, there's four losses. Four losses right off the bat. Um, They also have to play Miami, and they also have to play Buffalo. They have to play Philadelphia. They're playing Washington. They're playing New England. They're playing Dallas. They're playing Miami. I mean, there's not a lot of room for them to be mediocre against some of these better teams. I mean, all those teams are playoff teams except for the Jets and Washington. Uh, You're going to get a win against Houston, I think. Even then, like, maybe Houston just balls out and kicks your butt, but you might be able to surprise people and get a San Francisco win, Justin Fields versus um, Trey Lance. That would be interesting. You might be able to sneak out a win against the Giants, depending how they're going to do there. And and just like Detroit, you might be able to squeeze one out, but who knows how that's going to go. So worst-case scenario, I had them pegged at 2-15, and 15. Best case scenario, I had them pegged at 6 and 11. They have one of the weird late bye weeks as well, uh, which could affect them down the stretch. Their bye weeks in week 14. And if they are having a really bad start to the season, there's nothing, nothing that's going to help them in terms of stoppage in playing. They have to wait until December to get a break. And so, I think it could go downhill, and it could go downhill fast for the Chicago Bears. Let's go on to one of my favorite teams this season, the Minnesota Vikings. They were 8-9 last year in the 2021 season, second in the division. Their division record was 4-2, and two, mind you. And they did something that we saw in 2020, with the Los Angeles Chargers, they lost a lot of really close games. Honestly, their average margin of loss, when you don't include the 27-point loss to Green Bay, their average margin of loss was 4.375. They were, on average, losing by 4 points. Maybe 5 points. And that's in 8 games, again, not counting the 1 Big blowout loss against Green Bay. That's in eight games. Their average margin of error, their average margin of loss was 4.375. They went one and two in overtime. So three of those eight games went into overtime and they lost them. That sounds a lot like Justin Herbert and the Chargers in 2020. Honestly, to me. Uh, Kirk Cousins had a great season too. He was 66.3% completion percentage. 4,221 yards. 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He had three fourth quarter comebacks, four game winning drives, out of and three of those were fourth quarter comebacks. Where where's the hate? I mean, I know you're gonna throw in some sort of team stat like wins and losses. In my opinion, the important stats are those fourth quarter comebacks and game winning drives. Because when it comes down to it, I mean, you look at Carson Wentz and you can say, oh, yeah, he's this and this as a starter. I don't actually know what it is. But you can look at Carson Wentz and say, oh, yeah, he lost that final game against Jacksonville. So that's going to be a loss in his win loss record. These guys aren't pitchers. Like, it, it makes sense for pitchers to have a win loss stat, in my opinion, because that's more of a, it, it's them, they're pitching the ball. And I get it, it, the quarterback's a lot, very similar to that. But, in in my opinion, I think the win-loss stat on a quarterback is crazy to pin all of that on a quarterback. And that's for good and for bad. You know, Peyton Manning in his last season, he he probably didn't win a lot of those games. It was a lot to do with his defense. That's why win-losses in my opinion, should be a team stat, should not be pinned on the quarterback, whereas you can have these fourth-quarter comeback stats and game-winning drive stats. Those are important. I can guarantee it. I I didn't look it up before this, but I can guarantee if you looked at Peyton Manning's fourth-quarter comebacks and game-winning drive stats compared to his win-losses, I mean, I would be much more impressed with his fourth quarter comebacks, his game-winning drive stats. Just like I'm impressed with Cousins, and I'm ready for him to be with an offensive-minded coach and for him to be able to show truly what he's capable of. I I think he's capable of 40-plus touchdowns. I really do. I think he's capable of 5,000 yards, especially with Jefferson and Thielen on the edge, or on the outside. Uh, Dalvin Cook, he went for 1,159 yards, six touchdowns, 4.7 yards per carry, and he only played 13 games. He missed four games last year, and he almost ran for 1,200 yards and six rushing touchdowns. And, of course, you got Justin Jefferson and Thielen. They are an elite, elite group, elite duo in the wide receiver conversation in the league They're going to open chances for K.J. Osborne. They're going to open chances for Irv Smith Jr. Osborne last year, he had 655 yards, seven touchdowns. And that was just his first wide receiver season. That was his first time playing wide receiver not just returning kicks. And the defense is poised to be better, I think. Uh, The Vikings, they were number two in sacks last year. But they allowed 4,300 yards through the air. So I'd like to see the secondary tighten up there. I think it's possible... Um, but they need to, they just, they need to do a better job. And I think they can with a new, new outlook on life with their coaching staff and with their general manager. Now, in terms of a record, I, (laughs) I love the Viking schedule right now. They go Green Bay, Philadelphia, Detroit, Saints, Bears, Dolphins. And then they have a bye week, week seven. Then they play Arizona, Washington, Buffalo, Dallas, New England, the Jets, Detroit, Indianapolis, Giants, Packers, Bears. Okay? You get all that? You wrote that all down? Just kidding. You don't have to. I would not be surprised if we see the Minnesota Vikings go 9-0 and heading into Buffalo. I don't think they're going to beat Buffalo at home. But I would not be surprised to see them beat Green Bay Week 1, Philadelphia Week 2, Detroit Week 3, New Orleans Week 4, Chicago Week 5, Miami Week 6, Arizona Week 8, and Washington Week 9 and go in 9-0. The only one I'm kind of iffy about, we don't know what Miami's going to really look like. Uh, That's all on Tua Tango but... We'll get to that when we're talking about the ASC East. Um, but, yeah, I I could see the Minnesota Vikings going 9-0 heading into Buffalo. And in terms of uh, record, the only other throw-ups I have are maybe Green Bay in Week 17 and maybe Dallas in Week 11. But, like, they're going to beat New England. They're going to beat the New York Jets. They're going to beat Detroit twice. They're going to beat Chicago twice. They're going to beat the Giants. They're going to beat the Commanders. They're going to beat the Saints. They're going to be about 13-4 and four or best case scenario and they win everything except for Buffalo and they finish the season 16-1. and one. That's how high I am on these Minnesota Vikings. I have them pegged to be first in this division and honestly in either the 1, 2, or 3 seed heading into the playoffs. And, you know, some people might give me flack for that, but I I really think this Minnesota Viking team can be great and can really fight for a Super Bowl title this year. And finally, let's talk about the Green Bay Packers. They went 13-4, first in the division. They're also first in the entire conference. However, they lost in the divisional round to San Francisco. Uh, This team is in trouble in my opinion. I think losing Devontae Adams is a lot worse than they're letting off. Um, I don't think there's any viable wide receiver they've looked at or they have. I will root my face off for Sammy Watkins. I will root my face off for Christian Watson. But do I really think they're going to be able to fill Adams' shoes? Not at all. So what falls... Into A.J. Dillon and um, Aaron Jones' lap Is this responsibility where they are going to have to run the ball more I I love their running back situation I love Dillon and Jones Jones ran for 799 yards, 4 touchdowns He caught 52 of 65 targets for 391 receiving yards And 6 receiving touchdowns AJ Dillon, on the other hand, he had 803 rushing yards, five rushing touchdowns. He caught 34 passes on 37 targets for 313 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. Like that, those are some stats. If that was all one running back, if that was one running back, you'd be looking at a 1,600 yard season, 1,602 yards, nine rushing touchdowns. And you'd be looking at a running back who had 86 receptions for over 700 yards and eight receiving touchdowns. Out of one running back, backfield, you had a 1,600-yard running back. That's insane. That's crazy. For a Green Bay Packers team where all we talk about is their wide receivers, all we talk about is their passing game, Aaron Rodgers, you know, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are getting it done, and they got it done last season. They ran the ball well. They caught the ball well. And they were they were integral to Green Bay's success last year, and they're going to have to be more than integral in Green Bay's offense this year if the Packers want to have success. I think they drafted really well on the defensive side of the ball. You got Quay Walker. You got Devontae Wright. I think they'll make great impacts right away. Um, the secondary did play well in 2021. They had 62.9% completion percentage allowed, which was tied for seventh in the league. 6.7 yards per pass attempt against them, which was seventh in the league. Uh, they had 18 interceptions on defense, which was tied for sixth in the league, but they allowed 31 passing touchdowns all season long, which was tied for 26 in the NFL. In terms of their record, they're going to have a hard schedule. Uh, I think they're going to lose to Minnesota in Week 1. They'll beat Chicago Week 2. They play Tampa. They play Buffalo. They play the Rams. And then games like New England, I think the Jets are going to be quite competitive with them this year. Like Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, Miami Dolphins, I, and even the Minnesota game in Week 17. I think those are kind of toss-ups for me. We'll see how the other teams do. But teams like Detroit, Chicago, I think they're going to handily beat Tennessee. And the Commanders, the Lions, I think they're just going to be fine. They're going to be just fine against those teams. And so, like, worst case scenario, they lose against all of New England, the Jets, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Dolphins, and the Vikings, and the Giants, and the... Like worst case scenario, I have them at six and eleven. Best case scenario, I have them at thirteen and four. Which I would imagine they'd probably be around that eleven win mark, in my opinion, just knowing the Aaron Rodgers factor. And so I have them at second place in the in the NFC North. But again, we'll see how that goes, because Aaron Rodgers is a huge factor. He could make or break Christian Watson in this uh rookie season for him. And who knows? He They could add a receiver down the stretch in this uh, remainder of the offseason. So we'll see what happens. But right now, for right now, I have the Vikings at number one. They're probably going to sit around the 14-15 win mark, in my opinion. Uh, let me know what you think. Hit me up on Instagram, at Harvey's Huddle. We're on Twitter, at Harvey's underscore Huddle. We're also on Facebook, Harvey's Huddle's page name. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. Let me know if I'm crazy. Let me know if I'm a genius and uh yeah look out for some more episodes we're going to cover the east divisions in the next couple episodes thank you so much for listening i'm jackson harvey this has been harvey subtle take care